This past Thursday, we got together with our uh, our senior adults, and that's always a great time to get together. Um, we, we call it Joy Fellowship, and uh, it's our seniors. We get together. We eat some great, great food. And uh, did I mention we eat great food? <laughs> okay, yeah, we eat great food. And and, uh, and it's interesting. My, my, my health plan was going great until Thursday at lunch. <laughs> okay? And then I veered off the road, and, and it was a, a it was a catastrophe, okay? And uh, But again, the food was fantastic because literally uh, when you have people like Sister Annalie cooking, and I, I still don't know how Brother Bernie's not 400 pounds, okay? If I, if I, had, if I had to eat that kind of cooking for 70-plus years, y'all have to roll me in here, okay? I would be a big old dude, okay, Brother Bernie? I don't know how you do it, okay? But uh, Miss Annalie's an amazing cook. Miss Kathy Green, amazing cook. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. And, and um, man, just had a wonderful time together with our seniors. And um, like I said, great food was there, wonderful fellowship. And then a really awesome devotion was shared by Pastor Randy Plesla on the prodigal son. And kind of kind of did a little an analogy of, uh, of some different things, but but that story that he shared out of Luke chapter 15 still remains one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. Maybe because it reminds us all that you can always come home. You know, just a week or so ago, Chantel was having an adult conversation with Hayden. Okay. And uh, that's exactly how she put it, Hayden. She said, hey, me and Hayden had an adult conversation. I was like, really? Okay, you know, because, again, he's 17, and, and he's the youngest in the family, so so sometimes maybe a little less is expected of him. You know, we're used to having adult conversations with Hunter, who, who is quick to remind us that he is 18, technically an adult. I mean, you know, that doesn't mean a whole, whole lot of okay? <laughs> but, uh, uh, um, but, but But she had a great conversation with Hayden, and, and, you know, like moms always do, I'm not going to say Chantel worries, but she's always concerned about our boys making good decisions, okay? Uh, you know I can't read lips, Hayden, okay? But, uh, but she's always concerned about our, our boys making good decisions, and, and, and Hayden shared something to the effect of, you know, Mom, I, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm going to make good decisions, okay? And, but I'm also reminded that if I don't, one thing I've learned from you and Dad is that you can always come home. I can always come home to you two guys, and I can certainly always come home to the Lord. And you know what, guys? I, I, you know, we, we don't have it all together when it comes to parenting, okay? But I think that is one thing that we've done a pretty good job of teaching our kids, that you're always welcome home. You're always welcome in our arms. You're always welcome home to God. And, and, and that is what this story of the prodigal is all about. That you're always welcome home. That no matter how far you've gone, that no matter what you may find yourself dealing with today, you can always come back home to the Father. Amen? And that's why I love this story so very, very much. Probably another reason that I love this story so much is, is that I haven't always served the Lord. I know some of you in here grew up in church, and, and I wish that was my testimony. I didn't, okay? But when I, when I turn to God, I personally experience His amazing grace, His love, and His mercy. And because of that, I think when I read this story, it just really touches my heart. Truth be known, we probably all uh, are, are prodigals in some small way. For example, by a show of hands, this is a question, just making sure you're all awake. By a show of hands here today, how many at one time or another have found themselves away from the Lord? Just lift your hands at one time or another. Keep those hands up. Look around for just a second. 
around for just a second. Hey guys, we're all prodigals. We all have found ourselves at some time or another outside of fellowship with the Father. But aren't you glad you came home? Aren't you glad that you found yourself back to the Father? And, and today's story is, is just one of those amazing stories. And, and, and I know I've probably preached this once or twice. Well, guess what? If I'm here another 20 years, I'll preach it another five, six, seven, eight times. Because I love this story. And guys, look. About two years ago, I preached a sermon, Becoming a Prodigal-Friendly Church. And I believe today we are more prodigal-friendly as a church than we've ever been before. But I also believe in prayer. God spoke to my heart that we're entering a season for this church where I think prodigals are coming back home. I believe those sons and daughters you've been praying for, I believe those grandchildren you've been praying for, I believe prodigals of this church that once served the Lord and now are away from Him are coming back home. And you know what? If we're going to be able to receive them, we've got to become more prodigal friendly. We've got to make sure that the moment prodigals walk through those doors, they feel nothing but the love and the grace of the Heavenly Father. They don't need judgment. They've got enough of that. How many know, look, if you've been in church long enough, you know what's right and wrong. You don't need somebody to get in your face and say, Brittany, you shouldn't do this, this, and this, okay? Oh, you shouldn't be on your phone either. Okay. <laughs> Don't know where that came from, okay? <laughs> Ready to move back a little bit, okay? I only pick up folks on the front row, okay? That's why nobody sits up front, okay? But, um, sorry, Brett. Love you, Brett. But uh, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Teenagers are like, that's why we sit five rows back, okay? But I still see y'all over there. I know, I know. How's Fabian doing? Tell him I said hi, okay? But uh, back to what I was talking about. Hey, look, guys, we don't, if you've been in church for a little while, you don't need somebody telling you what's right and wrong. You know what's right and wrong. You just need somebody to love you. You need somebody to understand. You need somebody to help you get back in relationship with the Father. Because, you know, I love this story, and it's called The Prodigal Son, but I truly believe that story should probably be renamed because it's not all about the prodigal. It's all about the Father's heart. And that's the key to this story. That's the key to this church. That's the key to the kingdom of God, I believe, is having the heart of the Father. So if you have your Bibles today, turn with me to Luke chapter number 15. Open your Bible app to Luke chapter number 15. And we want to look at this story one more time and just ask that the Lord would give us a glimpse of his heart. Because you know what? We've all got a little bit of prodigal in us. And I believe that, that we're coming to a time where prodigals are returned to the Lord and returned to the church. And we need to make sure that we're ready to receive them. That we're ready to, to help facilitate them getting back closer to the Father. They don't need any more hindrances to get into the Father. We need to help usher them to the front. Usher them to a place where, where God can change their life like he's changed so many of us today. So I believe that, uh, that, that this story today is just going to talk to our hearts and speak to our hearts. And let's just allow the Lord to uh, touch us as we look at this story together. Let's pray together, can we? Lord, we just come to you right now, and I just thank you for this uh, amazing story. This amazing story of love, grace, and mercy. This amazing story of how nobody can get too far away from you. And I ask today, Lord God, every one of us can relate to the prodigal. But God, today it's not about the prodigal, it's about you. It's about your heart. And God, that's what I want today. I want us to have more of your heart. Touch us today and let this story speak truth to our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray and everybody would say, Amen and Amen. 
You know, the entire chapter of Luke chapter number 15 should be required readings for church, church folk about every six months, okay? I think about every six months you need to reread Luke chapter number 15 because it's all about our dealings with lost people. It's all about how we should deal with people that are outside the church. Hey, look, guys, do you realize that most of your interactions are going to be with people outside the church? Okay? You know, hey, I love our interactions in the church. I love when we get together on Sundays. I love small groups. I love Wednesday nights. I love all the time I get to hang with y'all. But most of my interactions is with people outside the church. So we need to be reminded how should we treat people that are outside the church. Okay? There's a bunch of different ways we could treat them, okay? And, and sometimes we get off in extremes, okay? But the key to treating people that are outside the church is having the heart of the Father. Amen? And Luke chapter number 15 is all about that. In the very first part of the chapter, we have the parable of the lost sheep. That's that reminder of if just one sheep is gone, you do all that you can to reach out. You do all that you can to go find that sheep. And then when he's found, oh, there's a party. There's rejoicing. Then there's the lost coin. Do you know, believe it or not, it's possible to be lost in the church? It's possible to, to be lost in the house, and that's what happened. We have this coin that's lost, and it's in the house, and this lady does all that she can to find that coin. And when she does, there's a great celebration. And then, of course, everything in that chapter culminates in the third story. Because you know what? Sheep are important, and coins are important, but there's nothing like price of a soul. You know, think about it. I read this on Facebook recently. How precious is a soul that both heaven and hell compete for it? How precious must a soul be that all of heaven is vying for a soul and all of hell is fighting against it as well? How precious is one soul? Well, I think in Luke chapter number 15, the story of the prodigal kind of sheds some light on that subject. So let's read it together. I'm actually going to read a verse or two. I'm going to talk a little bit. So if you will, I'll just kind of preach expositorily for the next few moments. Luke chapter number 15, beginning with verse number 11. The Bible says, And a certain man had two sons. I can relate. I have two sons. There you go. Look up at me. Good job. Pay attention. Okay. certain man had two sons. Verse 12. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of my goods of thy goods that falleth to me, and he divideth them unto the living. What is it about the youngest one? Why is it always the youngest one? Okay, I'm not going to look over here at my two. But, but Jenny, why is it always the youngest one? Okay. How many know that baby? Whoo, that baby. Okay. Hey, how many youngest children do we have in the house? How many babies do we have in the house? Okay, keep your hands up. Again, there's some, some revelation happening right here. We understand why now, huh? What is it about the baby? It seems to always be the baby, okay? Now, I'm sure that's purely coincidence, right? Every eldest son would go, uh-huh, okay? But it's the youngest son who came to the dad and said, Dad, I want what's mine. Here's the problem. He, he, he didn't deserve anything yet, okay? When does an inheritance come? After death, right? After a father dies, after after the parents decease, okay? So so he had nothing coming his way. But here's the amazing thing. The father answered his request. You know, sometimes God will answer your prayers. Even if he knows it ain't what's best for you. Sometimes he'll give something, he'll allow some things in your life and you think it's absolutely awesome and, and it's really just the test. 
Now, this is a test that the youngest son fails miserably, okay? And we'll get to that in a little while. But it's amazing that sometimes God will give you exactly what you ask for. So be very careful what you ask for, okay? Hey, young ladies, think about it if God had answered every time you prayed, Lord, let that be the one. <laughs> Lord, he's the one, okay? Oh, 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 how messed up is that, okay? But, but think about it, guys. Sometimes God will answer some, some, some pretty interesting requests simply because he loves you, simply because you asked. So be very careful what you ask for. But this youngest boy had asked for his inheritance, and, and, and the father gave it to him. You know, here's the interesting thing. This request in and of itself reveals a lot about the youngest boy's heart. See, he wanted the perks, but he didn't want relationship. He wanted everything the father could give him, but he didn't want to stay in relationship with the father. Guys, that reveals something about our relationship with the Heavenly Father. Look, Seth, I'm so excited what God does for me. I'm so excited how He answers my prayers. I'm so excited the favor that His goodness has rested upon my life. But you know what? I can't have none of that opposite relationship. It all comes because of relationship. Amen? And let's learn that lesson from this prodigal right here. Look. The perks are nice, but you've got to have relationship. Because we're going to finish reading in this story that things can get tough outside the Father's house. Things can really get difficult for you outside the Father's house. How many of you have lived long enough to realize life is hard? Life is hard, right? It's hard in the Father's house. It's hard outside the Father's house. But, honey, it's a whole lot more doable in the Father's house than outside the Father's house. Amen? There's a lesson for us all. So the prodigal said, Dad, give me what's mine. And the father did. Verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. There wasted his substance with riotous living. Look, he got his inheritance. He got what he requested. Now he wanted to get as far away from the father's rules and the father's ways as he could. And and he did. And then he just wasted it. He just... Live like he wanted to. Verse 14. And when he had spent all, man, think about that, John. He spent everything. He was broke, busted, and disgusted. Everything the father had worked for, everything the father had given him, Mike, he blew it all. He wasted it. Okay? And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in war. As I said earlier, guys, life is hard, but it's even harder outside the Father's house. Surely during the time growing up, there have been famines. There have been times where rain didn't come. There have been tough times. But because of the blessings of the Father's house, the prodigal didn't feel a whole lot of pain. But now that he's outside the Father's house, now that he's on his own, now that he's got everything that he thinks he wanted, he's beginning to be in want. Guys, look, it is so important that we stay in relationship with the Father. Amen? It's so important that we stay under the covering of God. The prodigal didn't do that. He learned that the hard way. And he wasted everything. Isn't that a picture of sin? Look, guys, sin will sin will cost you more than you want to pay, and it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. You know, those of you that think, man, everybody in the world has a great time. No, they don't. <laughs> okay, the Bible says that you can enjoy sin for a season. Okay? And this boy's season was a whole lot of fun, but it was also really, really short. And every season comes to an end. Amen? And when that season of fun, loving, and all the party had come to an end, he found himself in want. He found himself broke, busted. 
lusted and disgusted. He found himself far away from family and friends, and he was just in a bind. Okay? So when he had so few options, look what he decided to do. Okay? Now, this is a good Jewish boy. This is a boy that should have his act together. Here's what he decided. Seth, of all the things he could decide to do, here's what old boy came up with. Verse number 15. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. Strike one. Okay? By the way, that violated Jewish law. Okay? As a Jew, as a Jew, as a Hebrew, Brother Charles, you could not join yourself or connect yourself to a non-Jew. You could not, um, uh, you weren't even supposed to associate with them, but he decided, I'm going to join myself to this other old boy. Not a good idea. See, here's the bad thing. When you start making bad decisions, they multiply. Okay? You know, I tell my kids all the time, it's not what you did, it's what you do next. See, anybody can make a bad decision, okay? Like sometimes when we say things as husbands we shouldn't say, anybody did that? Some of you might have done that today, okay? It's not what you did, it's what you do next, okay? So this old boy had made some bad decisions, and he keeps compounding them, okay? So he makes another bad decision. He says, hey, I'm going to join myself to a citizen of this country. That violates Jewish law. So here's what the guy did. He sent him into the fields to feed swine. Yeah, the other white meat, pork. Hey, by the way, guys, there's not a great connection between Jewish, Hebrew people, and pork. Okay? Not a violation of God's law, okay? So this old boy has found himself in such a situation that he's had to violate law by connecting himself with a Gentile, and now he's in a field full of, of pigs. Boy, that's a mess, huh? That is a mess. Look, guys, some of you have found yourselves in a mess too, haven't you? We have people that we're praying for today that find themselves in a mess today. But you know what? Real, real soon, we're going we're gonna to read one of the greatest phrases in this whole story where it says, and he came to himself. Guys, we need to pray that our loved ones come to themselves. Amen? Aren't you glad you came to yourself? Aren't you glad that you found yourself in a mess, but then you realize you can go back home? You can look back to the Father? You can begin a relationship all over again? Verse number 16, look how bad it's getting for this old boy. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave him anything. Bro, how bad does it have to get, Matt, that you're feeding pigs, you're feeding them slop, and you're looking in that bucket going, how hungry do you have to be? Boy, look, guys, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. Amen? Stop playing games with him. He is a terrorist. Okay? He don't play fair. Okay? He will get you to a place that you are totally humiliated. He will he will try to do everything he can to totally destroy your life. And he was succeeding in this old boy's life. Seth, he's over there slopping the pigs, and he's looking in the bucket going, I wonder how that tastes. How bad must it have got? But guys, that's how the enemy plays. Don't, don't play games with the enemy. Don't play games with him, amen? We need to realize that you've got to stay in the Father's house. You want to stay in relationship with the Father. Why did this old boy get in this situation? Because he walked away from the Father. You see, look, I'm not going to glorify this part of the story because there's a lot better part of the story in a little bit. But let us not forget, when you walk away from the Father, if you ever choose to walk away from the Father, you're walking into a trap. Amen? Look, guys, I've been 
been some tough times in my life, okay? I've served the Lord now for almost 25 years, okay? There have been some tough times. I've had church people stab me in the back. I've had folks that I thought I could trust turned out I couldn't. But one decision I'd always made, Seth, is I ain't walking away from God because he's done too much for me. Ronnie, I know you've had people tell you one thing and do another. I I know you've been betrayed by people, but where are we going to go? You know, it's kind of like, remember when Jesus did some hard preaching? You know, every now and then when there was a big old crowd following Jesus, he said, let me, let me, let me make it a little harder for God. And he'd say some hard stuff, and folks start drifting away, okay? And remember when he asked the disciples, you boys going to leave too? And I believe it was Peter said, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. You know what, guys? I love Peter. Kind of had a little bit mouth Cajun in him, didn't he? Where are we going to go? God has the words of life. So remember, guys, never leave the Father. Because this boy has got himself in a bind because he chose to leave the Father. Verse 17. And when he came to himself. That's the best part of the story. That is the turning point of the story. Finally, he remembered how good the Father's house was. Finally, he remembered what it was like to be in relationship with the Father. Finally, he realized that I can be so much more than this. Amen? That's how you need to pray for your lost loved ones, guys. Pray that they would come to themselves. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house have bread to spare and perish, and I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And I'm so glad he came to himself. I'm so glad he realized that there's something better than this. Aren't you glad you realize that? So this is what he did. He not only thought it, but then he acted upon it. See, it ain't just enough to, to think it. You know, the, the, the path to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. He had some good intentions right here. He, he meant well, but then he acted upon it. Look at verse number 20. And he arose, and he came to his father. Man. This is a, a salvation experience right here. This is coming back to the Father. How many remember when you got saved? Matt, you remember when you got saved? Remember when God changed your life? Remember, look, I was just talking to somebody who knew me from back in high school, and, and the subject came up that I used to be a jerk. Harry, I know this will shock you, but believe it or not, this guy, Brother Mo, used to be a jerk. Okay? I know, a shocker, huh? <laughs> You know, it's funny. I even been a jerk after I got saved, okay? He met me at camp. He's seen that jerk before, okay? Aren't you glad your pastor's no longer a jerk? Or at least I try not to be. But look, now we're talking about how I used to be. But praise God, I ain't like that no more. Amen? Praise God. Look, I may not be everything I need to be, but I sure am not what I used to be. Aren't you glad you're not either? And it's all because you came back to the Father. You had that salvation experience. You had that experience with the Lord where he changed everything. This boy is having that experience. He decides that I've had enough of this craziness. I'm going to come back to myself. I'm going to start thinking right and start doing right, and I'm going to go back to the Father. Now, this is where the story changes. No longer do we talk about the prodigal son. We've given that enough uh, enough, enough glamour. Let's talk about the Father's response, because that's really what we need to hear. This is what we as the church need to be reminded of. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You know, guys, I don't know how long the prodigal had been away. I don't know how often maybe the 
his father would sit on his porch and look out on the horizon. But I know this one day, his prayers were answered. This one day, he sees a little after, he sees a little something coming over the hill. He sees someone walking that way, and I'm sure his heart leapt for just a second, John, as he realized, that might be my boy. And then when he got a little closer, he said, I think it is. And he began to run, and, and he ran to his son, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. And I can only imagine the words and the emotion that was flowing out of the father's heart and his mouth. See, guys, we need more of that. Amen? We need to get to the place where it's not about what they've done. It's about what they're doing now. Amen? It's not about the past. It's about the future. Aren't you glad that God is more concerned with your future than your past? Look, guys, we all have a past. Okay? I have a past. You have a past. But we all have a future as well. And that's what it's all about. The enemy keeps wanting you to focus on your past. Man, stop listening to him. Put your eyes on the future. Take those steps of faith that God is calling you to and watch your future be so much better than your past. Amen? So the father runs out to his boy. He embraces him. He kisses him. He he loves on him just a little bit. And then old boy begins to tell his little speech, and he says this. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and and in your sight I'm no more worthy to be called your son. He's beginning to say all these things he's been wanting to say, and the father stops him. But the father said to his servants, he ain't even paying no attention to what the boy says. He said, servants, bring a robe, bring a ring, restore him to what he used to be. You know? This story is so, so good because each one of these things that the Father did have significance. And I want to just take a moment to to go into that just a little bit. This is the same devotion that Pastor Randy shared on on Thursday. But consider the things that the Father did. He, He gave him a robe. What does that signify? That confirms his identity as a son. You see, God doesn't see you in your weakness. God sees you clothed in the righteousness of his son, Jesus. Amen? See, immediately when the, when the kid came back home, he restored his position. He said, here's your robe, okay? You are still my son. I still love you. I still got things and plans and purposes for you. The second thing he gave him was the ring. This was a signet ring with the family seal that gave him back authority to do business in the Father's name. Look, friends, as a child of God, you have authority too. Amen? Don't you forget the authority that you have as a child of God. And instantly that was restored by the Father. Thirdly, the shoes. You see, household servants didn't wear shoes. Only family members did. So you could look around the house and you could tell who was family and who wasn't. So he gave him his shoes back. He said, son, you got to put these on. You're back in the family. He returned home thinking the best he could ever hope for was a job as a servant. But his father not only restored his identity and his authority, he restored him the full sonship in the family. So everything that the father does it has significance, just like everything he does in your life has significance. Amen? He's going to restore you. He's going to do things for you, and it all has significance. And then finally, you do a party. How many likes parties? You do a party. You had a celebration. Okay? You do a party. Back when you rebelled against your father's authority and left home, they conducted a ceremony of shame. I'd never heard this before. Which meant you could never return. 
So look, this young man had walked away from his father. He had rebelled against his father's authority. In those times, there should have been a ceremony of shame where never again he could be restored. But not this dad. He threw a party. What's the point? Because Jesus took your shame. You can be restored. Amen? The Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to repentance. Matt, that day you got saved, all of heaven rejoiced. That day this jerk got saved, all of heaven rejoiced. Everything God has done for you is all about celebrating what he has in store for you. Amen? The Father did all this for the prodigal, and he'll do even more for you and me as well. So the father did all these things. Verse 23 says it. He said, bring the fatted calf. Let's kill it. Let's eat and be merry. Look at the words of verse 24. For this my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. What an amazing story, huh? What an amazing story of the father's love. We call it the story of the prodigal, but guys, it's got so much less to do with the prodigal and more to do with the father. It's all about the father. It's all about the father's choices and not the prodigal's choices. How many can see the significance that the father's choices override the prodigal's choices? Look, guys, as long as there is breath in your lungs, God's plan and purposes are still alive and well in your life. Some of you think I've gone too far. You may be watching on Facebook. Maybe you once felt the call of God upon your life. Maybe there were some things that God spoke to your heart, and you got as far away from that as you can. Just ask Jonah. You can't get away from that. (laughs) You can't get away from that. God will orchestrate things to bring you back home. And the moment you take one step toward God, he'll come running toward you. It's all about the Father, guys. It's not about the prodigal. It's not about our poor choices. It's about his supreme choice. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if the story ended there, we'd be getting out of early church. But the story doesn't end there, okay? The story doesn't end there. Verses 25 through 32 is kind of an addendum. Because remember, the father had two sons. So much of the first part of the story was about the first son. But there's a second son as well. And here's why I believe God included this part of the story. Because it's a warning to us church folk. Because you know what, guys? Sometimes church, we've been in church so long, we've served God so long, we've done rites for so long, that we forget what it was like before that. We take some things for granted. And this elder son, the spirit of this elder son, has, has become a plague on the church today. And it's why I preached a sermon some two years ago, Becoming a More Prodigal-Friendly Church. Because, guys, this elder spirit can, can stifle the move of God in a church. So let's look at this scripture for just a few more moments and and just make sure there's no elder brother spirit in our heart today. Because it's all about having the heart of the Father. And here's a warning about having any other type of spirit. Verse number 25. So we have the celebration. We have the youngest son come back and everything's awesome, right? Verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and he drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, what do these things mean? You know, guys, that breaks my heart. Because if the eldest son knew anything about the father's heart, Mike, he would know only one thing could cause that kind of response. 
if he really knew the Father's heart, if he really had an intimate walk with the Lord, said he would have known there's only one reason why we're celebrating. There's been no celebrating in this house since the boys left. Things have not been the same since the prodigal went away. There would be only one reason for us to throw a party. And the elder brother had no clue. He said, what's going on here? Guys, that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that this elder son was still in relationship with the father, but he knew nothing about the father. Guys, you can be in church and not get to know the Savior that changed my life. Look, guys, it's not enough to come to church. That's a good start. Thank you for coming. But you've got to get to know my Savior. You've got to get to know my Jesus. You've got to get to know the one that turned this jerk into somebody who's useful for him. Amen? And this elder brother, did, he missed that. How can you miss that? He says, what does all this mean? Verse 27. And he said unto him, thy brother is come. The father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. Man, what greater news could be shared? And look at this elder son's response. And he was angry. And he would not go in. Man. You know, guys, I've seen, I've seen God do some amazing things in church. And I've seen some pretty amazing responses by church folk. I can remember at a previous church of mine, God was moving and people were getting saved. And, 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 and board meetings were, were talks about, Pastor, there's cigarette butts in the, in, the, in the parking lot. Pastor, did you see this? Pastor, did you see that? Yeah, I saw all that, but I also saw them get saved. I saw God touch their life. And I don't give a rip what you think. I just care about what the Father thinks. By the way, that went off really, really well. <laughs> but I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm at a different church today. I'm so glad I'm at a prodigal-friendly church. You know why I'm so glad Pastor Randy shared this uh, message with our senior adults? Because you guys are the key to keeping the Father's heart. Senior adults, you've been there, done that, seen it all. And as God sent those prodigal back in, you'll remember what it was like when they were first in church. You'll remember what it was like when they were arrangers and missionettes. You'll remember all of that, and you get to set the temperature for us. Sister Annalie, you get to make the decision. Are we going to love them, or are we going to judge them? No, we're going to love them. Because you know what I ask those seniors to do? Whenever a prodigal comes home, and I believe we're entering a season where they're coming back home, let it be like your grandson coming home. Let it be like your granddaughter coming home. Every one of us as seniors know have a loved one who's not where they need to be with the Lord. Sister Garland, imagine that prodigal walking in and being your prodigal. Because everyone that walks in, they're the father's prodigal. Amen? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the Father. It's about the church. And I believe if we can keep the Father's heart and deal with the elder brother heart too. Because look, guys, we all have a little bit of that in us too. We all have some prodigal in us, and we all have some elder brother in us. Because look, even me, Mike, sometimes wants to judge. Even me wants to judge by how somebody looks and how somebody acts and how they should be doing more. I'm so glad God didn't treat me that way. <laughs> I'm so glad God's grace and his mercy was fresh in my life every day. How much more should I extend that to others? So, guys, we gotta, We can't act like the elder brother. We can't act like that. The, the, the time is too short to be that foolish. So look at the elder brother's response. He was angry, and he wouldn't go in. 
Again, guys, this story is all about the father's heart, because look what the father did. Therefore, his father came out to him. You know, the father loves the prodigal, and he loves the elder brother in the same way. God loves people in the church, and he loves people outside the church in the same way. So where the father could have stayed with the party, stayed with the boy, when he heard something was wrong with the elder brother, he went out to him, Mike. He went out to him, and he said, son, what is going on? Son, what's wrong? Verse 29. And he answered, and he said to his father, Lo, these many years I served thee, neither have I transgressed at any time your commandments. Yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son, note that, didn't even say my brother. He said, your son, not my son. He, he had broke relationship with the father. How terrible is that, huh? As soon as your son has come back, look what you've done. Your son that devoured his living with harlots, you've killed for him the fatted calf. Wow. Wow. You know what, guys? He lacked compassion. He lacked the love for the, the, the prodigal. He lacked the love for his brother. He had broken for relationship with the father somehow or another because you don't act like that if you're in relationship with the father. And guys, we need to make sure that we keep the father's heart. We need to make sure as we go into a season where prodigals are coming back home that we deal with the elder brother spirit and that we ask the Lord to give us more of his heart and his compassion. So the elder brother, he was all upset and, and he, he, he said his peace and look at the father's response, verses 31 and 32. And he said unto him, Son, thou art forever with me and all that I have is yours. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead, he is alive again, he was lost, and now he is found. You know what's the tragic part of this story? We know how things ended up for the, the prodigal, but we don't know how it ended up for the elder brother. The story ends right here, Ronnie. We know that the prodigal is back in relationship with the father, but now the elder brother who broke relationship with the father, we don't know how the story ends. And that's tragic. We don't know how the, the older brother ultimately responded to the father's love. But guess what? You and I have a choice on how will we respond to the father's love. How will we respond? How will we respond when he sends prodigals homes? How will we respond when he, see, he sends some people to this church that you thought would never grace the doors of the church? You know, I've had people come to church before and they look up at the ceiling and said, I thought the ceiling fall in on me. I said, we got a pretty strong ceiling. It ain't going nowhere. Okay? You know? John, there might have been a day you walked in church going, Mama, you sure the ceiling ain't going to fall in on me? No, the ceiling's pretty tough. Okay? And look what God's done in your life. And guys, there's so many more Johns that are going to walk in. There's so many more Fabians that are going to walk in. There's so many more Matts that are going to walk in. Guys, but we've got to have the Father's heart. We've got to make sure we don't treat them like the elder brother. They don't need any more elder brothers in their life. They need more people who will love them like the Father. They'll need more people who will come alongside them and say, Hey, walk with me as we follow Christ. Here, let me help you. Let me help you grow in this thing. Come come get, join, and get involved in my small group, even if it's juggling. Okay? Come get involved in what we're doing. Why? Because we're doing this together. We're family. You see, guys... The heart of the Father is family. The heart of the Father is relationship, and we need the heart of the Father.